0: For some times
1: now, we have been studying the grace of God in our
0: devotional series. And I have just chosen to take enough of my time to take a study of that portion of the scriptures. So that we can understand all that the Lord is showing us from the scriptures but right now I want to examine Romans chapter 6 from verse 12 to 23 and in that reference of the scriptures We are going to take a look at some number of things. Actually, reading from Romans chapter 6
1: from verse 12 to 23, I saw four things. Four things. And these four things helps us to celebrate our freedom
0: in God because the grace of God
1: calls for celebration like I said some few weeks ago I said that we have got to celebrate God's grace and this is not just my opinion it's the scriptures Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 Apostle Paul said that he had brought us to to himself so that we can sing the
0: praises of his grace so that we can
1: declare the grace in which he had made us accepted in the beloved. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 Having predestinated us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he had made us accepted in the beloved what I'm picking up from that scriptures is the praise of the glory of the grace now the glory of the grace there speaks about the riches of the grace speaks about the capability of the grace speaks about the depth of the grace speaks about the riches of the grace speaks about the capacity the multifaceted nature of god's grace he said look he had made us his son so that we can praise the glory of his grace now what does it mean to praise the glory of his grace to acknowledge what the grace has done to enunciate to declare what the grace had done, to praise the grace, the glory of his grace. Now, check it. It's not just to praise the grace, but to see the capacity of the grace, the glory of this grace, all that the grace can do, all that the grace had brought to us, by which he had made us accepted in the beloved. In other words, our acceptance in Christ is the work of the grace. And this work is a Precious work which Apostle Paul said, God's goal after salvation is so that we can see what the grace had done and so that we can praise it. So, when we celebrate God's grace, we are also celebrating our own freedom because it is the grace that brought us into freedom. Now, look at that scriptures again having predestinated us to adoption, He made us His own by Jesus Christ to himself so through Jesus we came to the father and what do we become to the father not just slaves we become his own property we become his own direct children also we become his own legacy children and after he had done this he had ordained that we would praise the glory of his grace now what is about this grace the next statement that says that it is by the grace he had made us accepted in the beloved so one of the works of grace is that it makes us accepted to god just as we have just as we have and check it this accomplishment by God's grace is according to the good pleasure of his will in other words it pleases God to make me his own let me take you back to Romans chapter 1 Romans chapter 1 verse 16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith. Now the the, the point in that reference scriptures is that the grace of God brings about salvation. An apostle Paul caused this grace the gospel. Now, how do I got to know that? Now, Romans chapter 1, still from verse 1. Paul, a born servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through the prophet in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ, who was born of the seed of David according to flesh but was declared to be the son of god with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead through him we have received grace so it is the gospel that brings about the grace so the grace and the gospel are inseparable now the gospel is the means by which the grace is presented and we are able to Embrace the grace when we believe in it, which Apostle Paul calls faith in the grace. And when we have faith in the grace, Apostle Paul said we are being delivered from the power of darkness, we are being saved. That was why he said he was not ashamed because it is strategy to deliver men and this deliverance is what we call grace because we are never bargained for it we never could earn it it is so wide it is so deep it is so rich it is so bountiful it's so exceeding that we can't label for it and even if we label we won't qualify for it F. W. Faber of 1814 so to 1863 wrote, and I quote in his lyrics: "There is a wideness in God's mercy, like the wideness of the sea. There is a kindness in His justice, which is more than liberty. There is no place where earth's sorrow are not felt up in heaven. There is no place where earth's feeling have such kindly judgments given now." From the lyrics of this man, this man makes us realize that this grace is unfathomable. But then we understand its operations. The grace delivers from the oppressions of darkness. And by the grace, we are able to relate, interact with all that God has in store. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. we are able to relate with everything that he hasn't saw now romans chapter 5 let's see the results of faith in the gospel therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom also we have sex by faith that check the word by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now there are a number of things that are encoded in the scriptures. Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5 from verse 1 began to show us the aftermath of our faith. Not in the way we live, but in the state of our mind. He says after you have believed, you know that scriptures in Romans chapter 5 verse 1 actually began from Romans chapter 4 where Apostle Paul began to present how Abraham received God's nature which is righteousness and said this righteousness came not because he labored for it but because he believed. Then he concluded by saying that when you also believe in what God had done, done through Christ you receive his righteousness then he began in chapter 5 to show you the consequences or the consequence of your faith in Christ interesting to mention that the consequence of this faith you've got in Christ is not material possessions it's not new employment it's not a gainful employment like I mentioned. It's not even having a good spouse. Without faith in Christ, you could step into all of this if you are wise and brilliant. But then Apostle was very careful so that you will not expect the wrong thing. He said, after you have had faith in God, after you have believed what Christ had offered, the facts, evidence is not even tongues it's not even the gift of the holy ghost the self evidence cannot even be measured by you because it is an eternal reality which is the peace of god now check it that peace means a state or a condition of the mind when you are at rest, when there is no guilt for being a criminal or for being broken the law of god you have Peace with God, in other words, that peace suggests reconciliation. That now the separation or the gap that exists between you and God has been taken Acts a result of faith. So, how do I get along with God? How do I live a life that is speaking with God? The first step is faith in Christ. So, anyone without faith in Christ is damned. And that was what Apostle Paul meant in Romans 1 16: that the power of God is. Expressed in the gospel, and that power can save. And the only way we become partaker of this power is by faith. What is faith? Conviction that Christ did what he did not for himself but for me so after I have received justification now check it it's not just peace it's first justification after you are justified in other words faith in Christ has its consequences First, in that it freed me from my past errors that God now can see me as one who is plain, regardless of what my past lives had been you could have been an arm robber you could have aborted before you could have even murdered a person you could have been a prodigal son you could whatever you could have been you could have been promiscuous you could have been been an inventor of evil things you could have been given to evil thought but check it the moment you believe christ you are justified now to be justified is to be given a legal ground on which one is justified for his past failures The Greek word is the word dikeus, which means to free a person from his guilt. So faith justifies me in that it makes me to be able to stand before God without offense. See, after justification had come, the other thing that I came into is the peace with God. And that peace is reconciliation so God did not only justify me although he still has at his back of his mind to victimize me or to still punish me no he doesn't I can receive the consequences of my error maybe I duped somebody and then the case was taken to the court and that I was being tried then maybe when I was a few days to my trial somebody will start the gospel and i receive it that may not avert i mean reverse the verdict of the jury over you but check it you are faced with god and that is why a man can be declared by the just to go die by anger but when he cross on the verge of eternity is received by ages if he receives christ so after justification we are not just giving material things we are not just giving wealth. we are not just giving favor we are not just giving promotion you are not just being protected you are not just being provided for i mean your needs are not just met. there is something now you become the child of god you can relate with god you come on same page with him and i feel this one of the greatest blessings apostle paul refers to this as the spiritual blessings or sometimes it causes the inheritance of the saint after you are justified you are peace with god how did it come it came by faith now these blessings do not come because of your faith they are not the progress of your faith so never you think you receive it because you had faith faith is just a mechanism a a preliminary requirement look at what apostle Paul said in chapter 4 he said God made it of faith so that it can be of grace that is God reduced the requirement the standards of receiving or stepping into this grace so that you can be able to Qualify actually, faith cannot even earn it that which your faith receives does not actually qualify for it. You receive it because of God's grace, which is God's kindness, and all of this is not a product of your faith as it were, but it came from the Lord Jesus Christ. But then the requirement to receiving all these gifts is your faith. After you are justified by faith, you are peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also you have access by faith into the grace, into the free gift wherein we stand. So, whatever we receive from God, we receive on the basis of peace, on the basis of grace. We never qualify, and we can never qualify for it, and that is why. It is good we celebrate God's grace because that grace is what brought about our freedom. But the problem of a lot of believers is that we do not understand God's dealing. We do not understand what the grace should do. We do not understand the effect and the consequences of the grace. We do not understand the fact that grace and sin do not correlate. That the more of God's grace I receive, the more of his operation I understand, the more of God's god i become that was what paul meant when he wrote in romans chapter 6 that whoever had received christ is buried with him that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father you cannot walk in the newness of life now what is the saying that there is a new kind of life our faith in christ brought us into there is a new life which is God's life impacted in you. And it's not just an infusion you cannot live. It is an infusion that has to be demonstrated. It says that you have got to work in the newness of life. Just as Christ came out of the grave and would live forever and that death will have no dominion over him again so also when a man receives Christ there is a life a new kind of life he ought to live so as Christ was raised by the father you should walk in the newness of life so there's a new kind of life and the life is found in Christ hallelujah but then why is it that some people are stagnant and static in their work with God? Because they do not understand God's will and God's purpose. You know, this fact is just like a teacher who finds it very difficult to teach a new topic when the student had not understood the previous one. So there are a lot of things God wants to show us in our journey of faith because we never qualified. He brought us. But there are... in. En- Inheritance, there are things he wants to hand over to us, but we have got to understand the basics of what he had given to us at the preliminary stage before we understand the advance. Even nature has it that teaching starts from the simple to the complex, from the understood to the ununderstood. So, in the same vein, God finds it very difficult sometimes to ditch out the Depth of his truth to you because you don't understand the basis. The same problem a teacher has if a student couldn't get a previous lesson. So also God is unable to move on with you because you can't get the accents of His grace because you do not understand the basics and the basis of his dealing. now check it the basics means the fundamental things about God's dealing with you and again because you do not understand the basis that you never labored for it the reason why you are still laboring to break that habit is because you don't understand the basis and the reason why you have not grown in your knowledge is because you don't know the basics you have to pay attention to so two things become fundamental if you are going to maximize all the grace at birth you have got to know that the basis of god's dealing with you is grace you don't qualify for it and what's the implication of that the implication of that is seen in the fact that when it seems your life do not align with what the truth of the word of God are revealed. You don't run away from God. You don't isolate yourself to wait on the one you think you are claimed before you approach the Father. But that when you see a failure, what you are struggling over, or you have got to this to come and submit yourself to God who has brought you to himself. And once you have done that, then you have got to understand the basics which are possible cause deadness to yourself. How shall we continue in sin and say grace should abound? How can you, who is dead to sin, now live in sin? In other words, you've got to understand the basics of the operation of grace that grace does not just only take you from where you are to the point God wants to be, although it does, but that now that He had brought you there, you have to walk in the consciousness of your new reality that sin has no control over you any longer hallelujah I will check through the scriptures you see that there are a lot of interruptions in God's plan for mankind you see God trying to plan something for a nation and because sin came in then god will leave that which he was doing for that time then he will switch to correct the manners and until he corrects the manners its original intention before the manners to all becomes withdrawn and we saw that all through the book of the prophets God will promise the nation peace we promise them wars we promise them enlightenment but suddenly the people will deviate or derail and then God will send a prophet to warn them and call them to repentance a while, and while you are trying to get back to God that which God originally had in mind is withholding interruptions in God's dealing and you've got to check it so there are a lot of interruptions in God's plans in the scriptures and those interruptions could be rebellion lack of understanding selfishness and all of this all together but now in the gospel God is making known to us all that is on his mind for us and how we can maximize all he has put in place for us so God's plan in the gospel is uninterrupted hallelujah hallelujah so we can walk in the fullness of God's counsel, and that was what Apostle Paul said. He had now made known to us the counsel of His will. You can't see that statement in the Old Testament. They see blindly. They see in part and understood in part. But now we can say we know that which God expects from us: that we maximize His grace, that we work in the full potential of all that He had put in place for us. Hallelujah, and let me tell you this oftentimes you are the one standing in God's way, you are the one slowing down His dealings with you, you are the one interrupting His plans for your life. But how long will you do that in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2? Apostle Paul said we have got to lay aside everything and things that easily beset us so that we can focus on the race before us. I think Hebrews chapter 4, the writer said that we have got to leave the fundamentals and proceed to perfection. So our work with God is progressive, it's progressive. So we have got to understand how to maximize God's grace so back to the scriptures as I read through Romans chapter 6 from verse 12 to 23 I saw five things basically and those five things are very fundamental in maximizing God's grace because the point in that whole chapter is how one can maximize God's grace how the grace of God is improved upon and it's not improved upon I mean it's not multiplied in sinning or in in living your former life but it's rather multiplied in doing certain things and I saw a few of them Apostle Paul necessitated the need to walk in newness of life he necessitated the need to be dead to consciousness but from verse 12 through to 21 I saw five things number one I saw the need to yieldedness I mean the need to yield yourself or yieldedness, you've got to be yielded for you to maximize God's grace. Number two, I saw service, and that apostle Paul did by giving an illustration of a master and a servant. And it got to say that sin shall no longer reign in your mortal bodies. Why? Because you are not a servant to see you are now a master, so you don't have an excuse. When something goes wrong, it's not the devil that makes you do it. It's because you chose to do it. Because now, you are a master to the devil. Number three things, I saw consciousness. The need to walk in the consciousness of what Christ had accomplished for you. Number four, I saw the effect of God's word. And the need for continuous exposure into God's word. Apostle Paul said, look, he said, formerly you were slaves of sin, but thank God for your life, That now that you have received that form of teaching, that form of doctrine, that by that you became free, that is the effect of God's word. So the exposure of a man to God's word and how consistent that exposure is, the time is to a large extent, is freedom and how much it can work in the reality of what God had brought him into in Christ. And the 15, I see, is the influence of God's grace. Grace breaks away from you that which you are struggled to accomplish, but you are unable to accomplish. So let's quickly read Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. From verse 11 through 23. Likewise, reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now mark the word dead to sin. And by that deadness, it speaks of consciousness. You've got to eliminate the consciousness for sin. You've got to be conscious of your new nature. Consciousness. 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 Verse 12. Let not sin there have a reign in your multi body that you should obey in its lust therefore. How do you do that? By reckoning. To recon to account. How do you account? To think. Neither yield ye your members as instrument of unrighteousness. On the sin but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments unto God for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace now here Apostle Paul wants us to see how it is possible for a believer to live without sin and you see Apostle John in First John made us realize that a believer does not sin because the seed of god remains in him and he cannot sin because he's born of god and then peradventure he sins first john chapter 2 verse 1 says we have an advocate to the father jesus christ the righteous but then if a believer would not sin in this corrupt world, how possible it is apostle Paul began to show us how do a believer live a life that does not subject to sin that does not subject to a state of life that he will find himself that will be held again by the bondage of grief and guilt and regrets and pains of the life he once laid apostle Paul said it's yieldedness you got to yield and how do you yield you yield by submission give over you don't need to labor it's not by resolutions it's not just by changing your circle of influence it is by submitting yourself apostle said look to whom you submit yourself to obey is servant to become whether to righteousness or righteousness in other words it works both ways the same way you gave yourself to certain practices and you formed an habit of them and after while those habits become your character in the same way you can form godly habits let nothing rain your mother body How say you don't yield you don't give to you don't allow it when evil thought comes banish it when there is a suggestion or a temptation or a prompt or an enticement or a lure to do that which is contrary to what you've known in the place of the word of god you've got to banish it now how do you yield again you yield again in the place of the closet when you pray you can't Form better than the amounts of time you spend in the closet and you spend in the scriptures. Sin shall not have dominion. How would it not? You've got to submit. You've got not to have your own ways to dealing with it. So, verse fifteen now says, "What then?" shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace God forbid Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servant to obey a servant ye are to whom you obey whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness now check the word servant to obey and yielding yourself servant to obey so you are the one not God but God be thanked that ye were the servant of sin but you have obeyed from your earth that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servant of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servant to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servant of sin, you were free from holiness. In other words, when a man comes to Christ, he becomes the slave of God. There is an obligation. He said that when you were walking in the natural, your life is left that way. Because you are servant of sin. But now that you have come to righteousness, you have got to serve the will of righteousness. You have got to live rightly. You have got to banish anger, banish hatred, banish negative addicts, negative flaws, indiscipline, procrastination, sins unto death, and those ones not unto death. And check he said, Look, the reason why you are submitting your members to righteousness is unto holiness. What does that mean? Righteousness unto holiness. That is, it is in living rightly. That holiness is attained. So holiness is not just the way you walk, the way you dress, the church you go, your kind of attire, your gentility, your quietness. It is the demonstration of God's nature. And once this is demonstrated, it is called agios, a separated life. Verse twenty-one. What fruit are there then in those things? Wherefore ye are not, ash- ye are now ashamed. For the end of those things is dead, but now being made free from sin and became servant of God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is something you stand to gain when you walk with God. It's not just eternal life, you have peace of mind. It's not just peace of mind, you are justified. It's not just that you are justified, you have fruit unto holiness. You live rightly hallelujah so God's grace is the basis of your freedom then you may want to ask freedom from what freedom from the clutches from the harassment, from the oppression of sin and its consequences that was what apostle Paul wrote about in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 When he wrote that you should stand in the liberty where you are being made free. What liberty was he talking about? It's the liberty of God's grace. The liberty to enjoy all of God in his grace. How am I so sure of this? I am so sure. Never you forget that in Galatians chapter 1, he wrote to the Galatian Christians that they have been removed from the grace of God into another gospel now the main reason why he wrote Galatians was the news that reached him and what was it that this guy had been moved away from the gospel and that gospel is grace and never you forget in Romans chapter 5 verse 2 Apostle said that it is in the grace we stand so he wrote because they were moved out of this Grace and this grace is our liberty to work with God, our liberty not to bother ourselves with do and don't, not to struggle to be right with God, but to be right with God on the basis of the atonement of Christ. So it says that, look, you have got to stand in the grace, you have got to stand in your liberty. In other words, another word a possible used in describing the grace of God is the word liberty just as he, as he used the word newness of life in Romans chapter 5 chapter 6 rather from verse 2 to 3 so when it says stand in the liberty wherein you are made free and do not be entangled with yokes and bondage that liberty he referred to speaks of the grace in which they are removed so the grace of God is the guarantee of your liberty and nothing should make you get Out of that truth the grace of God is your liberty and that is what we preach that's what the gospel declares it declares your freedom how you are made right with God how you have been made free hallelujah you know Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 verse 17 you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from your heart the doctrine which was delivered to you. What did Apostle Paul refers to here as the doctrine? He meant the message of the Greeks, he meant the gospel. Never you forget that the term doctrine is the Greek word dictator which means teaching so this grace is administered by the teaching of the word of God and that was why I mentioned the place and the influence of the word of God everything you have come to enjoy as the basis in God's grace hallelujah and the same thing he mentioned in First Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 1 to 2. He said that the gospel is what delivered us, is what brought us to God. It is in the gospel, the grace of God in which we stand or by which we stand. So it is the message of the cross that brought about your freedom it is by it we stand in the grace so the grace is equally the declaration of God's mercy the declaration of God's kindness It is the declaration of unmerited favor it is God's influencing us and the reflection of that influence in our life it is also the declaration of the gospel so the gospel is equally the grace and the grace is equally the gospel Now in Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul began to examine how you can take the workings of God in your life so seriously, how you can improve on it and how you can maximize it. In chapter 5, he told us how we come into the grace. Now he began to show us how to grow in that grace, how to plug into all its nutrients and all its potentials. And how do we do that? We submit we yield we allow God to live through us and this same teaching is what I have been considering in our devotional series and now I want to highlight some few things from that Romans chapter 6 from verse 11 to 23 as we've just read but first Never you forget that Apostle Paul calls God's grace the newness of life. Or still you can say he calls it the new kind of life. The new way to live. A new living way. That brings about my peace. And that newness of life. is caused away the life of God. Now let us see. What the grace can do in our lives or what the grace had come to do. Never you forget I have told you that the effect of God's grace is justification. It is salvation. It is the peace of mind. Romans chapter 5, 1 and 2. After you have been justified by faith, you have peace with God through our lord jesus christ to whom also you have access by faith into this grace where we stand so what it is he called this grace peace with god justification so the grace of god is not a product on itself but the world that describes all you come to enjoy in god your salvation your peace of mind your justification your liberty over sin liberty over self Hallelujah. So let's see how we can work in the liberty Christ had brought us into. How we can explore the full potential of what Christ had accomplished to our credit. But then, let me say this clearly. The point I'm making here is that there are substance in God. And the only means you can interact with them is by faith. And discipline is by faith, is by faith and discipline, is by faith and consciousness, is by faith and deadness, is by faith and yieldedness. Faith is Christ living in you and living through you the will of God the God kind of life. Faith is a connection to God that allows to flow out of you the nature of the Father. In other words, faith in Christ is the only way you can get infused in God. And this infusion is one of the benefits of God's grace. However, you've got to see what the grace can do you got to see how you can position your life so that you will not interrupt these dealings, these operations of God's grace in your life hallelujah and you know, when you look at the reality I've just struck so far you will see that spiritual things are really simple but you can't actually do them by yourself truth be told spiritual things look so simple but then when it comes to the place of practicing those seemingly simple things or simple realities you have seen or you have been taught in the scriptures then you will see how incapable you are and that's why apostle Paul enjoys you you've got to yield yourself you can't do it all alone you must allow God to help you by the Holy Ghost so spiritual realities are not just things of habit but they can be enhanced by your habit they can be strengthened by your habit spiritual things are not habitual they are spiritual but they can be strengthened or weakened by habit and therefore consequently can be broken by habits but then until you see the reality of the gospel you are tired of your present life you will never maximize what God has in store for you so let me mention seven things the grace would influence you to do Or sin, let me call it the seven ways to mark the marks God's grace. Number one is knowledge. First is knowledge. Knowledge of what? The knowledge of your oneness with Christ. The knowledge of your freedom from sin. The knowledge of the influences and the consequences of God's grace in your life. Never you forget 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Grace and peace can be multiplied by the knowledge. The knowing be the, the familiarity, the established knowledge—that knowledge that makes you to be stable. Same as say, 2 Corinthians three, verse eighteen. Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, Radha, when he was running off his letter, says you have got to grow in grace and in knowledge. So, if your knowledge is limited in God, it's going to affect God's operations and dealing it and dealing with you. The second thing. Is working in the consciousness of your freedom. Apostle Paul calls it reckoning yourself to be dead. Consciousness. Living in the consciousness. Knowing that Christ had accomplished a feat for you and rising up to think it. He said that you have got to reckon, to account, to see it as a reality. So I've got to say it so to have it so, just as Abraham had to believe God for Isaac before he has it. So there is nothing as freedom from sin from without you first changing your mindset and focusing on the reality. In Colossians chapter 3, Apostle Paul said, if you are there in reason with Christ, then you have got to set your mind on the things above where Christ is seated. So that when Christ with your life above, you can reign with him. The same thing wrote in Romans chapter 8. He says that those who are spiritual have set their mind on the things above. That is consciousness. Consciousness, setting your mind on things above. The next one, which is number three. Is the need to form godly habits? How is it easy to work with God? How easy it is to walk in the nearness of life. And how is it actually easy to form godly habits? It is very easy. How? You have got to reckon yourself to be dead you have got to see yourself as a master and begin to take mastery and this is the simplicity of the gospel it is the simplicity of the gospel you don't need a pastor to do this for you and no pastor can do it for you you've got to do it yourself Apostle Paul did not say, oh guys, you've got to tell your pastor to help you advise. He said, look, you have got to see that you are now a master. And therefore sin will not reign when you take your own dominion. When you rule over it. And that is pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Just as you have learned to form certain habits in time both negative and positive godly habits can be cultivated you don't need a prophet to do that for you it's a self done deal it's a self done thing it's a self done commitment self initiated commitment you cooperate with God now that leads me to number 4 Now the fourth thing I see from the scriptures we read is cooperation with God and this I have to say, there is nothing God will do in your life without your cooperation. I mean, without your submission, without your willingness. Even the devil can't operate in your life without your permission. So that anger that came over you that made you to destroy certain things happened not because the anger was too powerful, but because you allowed it. Whatever you disallowed, Scripture says, will be disallowed. So, aren't you are angry at? that detectable acts, that deformity, moral deformity to be precise, you will never live above it. So you have got to cooperate with God. And how do you cooperate with God? You've got to come to the place of prayers you've got to search into the scriptures you've got to fast when you need to fast you've got to listen to the word of god because the word of god recreates creates your mind Apostle Paul said look you have been delivered from your past life because of the form of doctrine in other words how consistent a believer listen to god's word determine how he is formed or misformed you've got to cooperate to put efforts together, to join efforts with God. And how do you join effort with God? You will listen to the word of God with meekness. Your mind will be open to the word of God. You've got to seek God consciously, deliberately. Number five. You multiply God's grace by giving place to God's word and giving place to the teaching in romans chapter 10 Apostle said look for it faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so it is the word of god that liberates you It's the word of god that gives you freedom because the word of god is not just a storybook it's not just an entertainment compilation or volume it is god speaking to his children how he wants them to live it's god showing them his counsel so that they can live as they ought to Hallelujah. So a believer then, who is not taught the word, will be deformed. He will not be properly made. That's the consequence of not yielding to the word of God. Of not submitting to the totality of God's word. Of not allowing the word of God to prevail over you now the next thing i see which is the 16 i'm mentioning is the illustration of servant and master you have got to see that you are now a master over sin that now you no longer submit to his will just as you know how to do things how you out are you are, are, are you prepare your food are you take your birth are you have to pick forms or write exams to get uh, to gain an admission are you have to read off for exams the same way you have got to exercise your lordship over sin you are now a master just as you submit yourself to your boss you do that which is pleasing to him you have got to dominate sin you must know that you are a master to sin you are determined to put it away consciously if you do and you will put it away consciously if if you are so determined so sin and grace are not related so your problem is not with sin it's not with the environment, it's not with your addiction, it's not with your habits, it's not with your negative tendencies like anger, like bitterness, like envy, like hatred, like violence, all those negative behavior, that is not your problem. Your problem is your willingness to submit to God's word. Just as bondage and freedom, light and darkness, white and black, up and down are not equal, grace and sin are separable. They are separable so how do you free yourself you've got to see yourself as a master apostles said look just as you leave those days, by submitting your will to be overridden by the devil or by your emotions now you have got to consciously submit to god and that is not possible net without the holy ghost without the time with it with him without the time in his presence The seventh thing is understanding. If you must increase God's grace, you have got to understand how this grace operates. There is a principle by which it operates. Romans chapter 6, 19 to 20. Romans 6, 19 to 20. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have as ye have viewed your members' servant to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now, yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness, so that you can live rightly. For when you were the servant of sin, you were free from righteousness. So there is a need to operate in the understanding of how to Gaining mastery, how to walk in dominion over sin. I would like to read that portion of the scripture from the NRT version. Romans chapter 6, 19 and 20. Romans chapter 6, hallelujah. 19. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this understanding. Previously, you let yourself to be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now, you must give yourself to be slaves to righteousness, to be slaves to righteous living rather, so that you will become holy. So when you were slave to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Things that end in eternal doom. So you've got to understand that there is a law of the spirit of life that makes you free. And you have got to work by that law, by that principle, by that influence. So you've got to focus on your freedom and not to focus on confusions, on the problems, on your weaknesses. You've got to celebrate your freedom as a bird celebrates its escape from the cage and from the hands of the fowler. And the last thing I'm going to mention, which is the eighth thing, is to allow the word of God to influence you in Acts we read that in the city of Ephesus so mightily greet the word of God and, and it prevails so anything you claim in Christ and all that you have got in God now all that you have enjoyed you are enjoying and you will enjoy in time to come began with God's word and the more you can submit to the influence of God's word the more of God you, you enjoyed back to Romans chapter 5 the last scriptures I read it I want to show you where it all where it all ends. Romans 7 5, 1 to 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What I'm picking from that scriptures is rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. That is these commitments of working with God by your conscious effort is what you will continue to do until you see Christ face to face is what you will do till you die now let me read from NLT Romans chapter 5 1 and 2 therefore since you have been made right in God's side by faith we are peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege, where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And what is that glory? Is the hope of resurrection, is eternity with the Father, is the hope of things men hoped for the hope of things we are open for, the hope in which we are saved, the hope that this corruptible body will put on incorruptible, the hope that the second death will not have dominion over you, the same hope David had when he said that he will not allow my holy one to see corruption. That is the goal. We are not doing it for the Ferrari. We are not doing it for the business. We are not doing it for the influence. We are not doing it because we want to be good. We are not doing it because we are seeking leadership position. We are not doing it because we want our business to grow. We are not doing it because because want to win the favor of God. We are doing it because, one, we have become adopted. The Bible says that he had predestinated you as adoption, as his own, according to the pledge of his, which is God's delight, so that you can come to praise the glory, the strength of the grace, in which he had made you accepted. So this grace had made you accepted, and it will not end here until you see God's glory. Hallelujah. So that is the grace of God. If you must increase it, you must allow God's word to influence you the more. The more the word can influence you, the more of grace you increase. Grace can be multiplied. You can increase it in your life. And how do you do that? You do that when you submit yourself to God. You do that in submission. You do that in submission. Um, as a random, we are going to sing the song. Let me play from my guitar. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, We're going to see Free indeed, Free indeed. Jesus had
0: broken every yoke. Hallelujah. The yokes are broken. Oh, Free indeed. Free indeed. Jesus had broken every yo. No more sorrow, no more pain. I'm gonna free, free indeed. You can sing free indeed. I'm free indeed. Free indeed jesus has broken every year no more sorrow no more pain I'm gonna feel free in there is a ceaseless flow of God's spirit in this place today there is a ceaseless flow of god's spirit in this place to them are you Aye, aye. don't order are you to your spirit I I don't hold back, I yield to your spirit Living in me, walking through me Living in me, walking through me Living in me, walking through me Living in me me. Walking through me, I yield, I yield, I don't over, I yield to your spirit, I yield, I yield, I yield, I don't over are you to your spirit